0: Arizona Sports, the local sports
1: leader. You know, I
2: listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show by the way, I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from six to ten. Bickley and Murata. It's
3: the greatest show on earth!
2: Bickley and Murata. Good morning
0: and welcome. Good morning. Dan Bickley Sportsman Sports, man. Sports. Yes. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo, are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular,
3: Spectacular.
0: Bickley and Murata. I love this show This is the greatest show in the history of radio
4: <laughs> See, It's the greatest radio show ever Bickley
3: and Murata. I hate everything about this show <laughs> This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley Sports fans. Wake up. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Right, Vinny? You're still digging our open. I lo- I've i loved it since day one. Oh, yeah. And that love has never waned at all. Jared Carlin is back.
2: Yes. He's back. Are you refreshed? Are you tanned and rested and... Uh,
1: did you do two days at Disney or three? One at Disney, one at California Adventure. Okay, so you devoted one full day to one park and did the other day to the next other door. park, okay. correctly, and then okay. essentially we drove there. So half a day driving on on bookending each of the uh, days at the yeah. park. So not the most relaxing vacation, but it was very it was very very fun. Oh, crowd, Disneyland
2: uh, is not relaxing at all. It's fun. Uh, yeah,
1: the crowd was. Very very full. Very very full. It was, yeah. it was. I don't think you get empty days anymore. No, since well, since they, uh, I guess since COVID, they limit the amount of people in the park. Now you actually have to make reservations when you buy the ticket to Real. get in. Oh, okay. See, but a lot has changed. Since I've been that, there. That limit is very, very high
2: because
1: uh, yeah. there right. was a
2: lot of people There's there. A limit on it. Yes. There
3: is a lot of people waiting. I'll tell you what. Apropos of nothing, in, in one of my many trips, it was Disney World. We had two days in a row in Disney World where the parks were basically empty, mm. where there was no one waiting for anything. I, I, it was never do. I only saw it once in all the times I've ever gone to Disney. And it was it's like a dream. Heaven.
1: It's the best. Yeah. I've gotten to do that, heaven. too. Heaven, yeah. In my illustrious cheerleading career, See? they would close down the park for nationals, and we would get to just roam the place, oh, and it was great. awesome. See, yeah, I had the stuff. exact
2: opposite experience once at Disney, uh-huh. where we had planned this trip, and we went, and one of the days we were there was uh, the senior high school day, where they oh, okay. opened the park to all the graduating seniors in yeah. the area, and there was so... So many people. It, it was like we have to leave. There, there's no point in <laughs> yeah. being here.
1: Now. Well, now they they have the app now that you use, so it tells you the wait time for each ride, so you can sort of plan. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you could plan each sort of strategy of yeah. way, where you're going, when. Yeah. And just, Is Fast what?
2: Pass still a thing?
1: No. No. It's oh. a di- it's a different thing now. It's oh, called okay. Genie. Plus and you got to pay, though, for the extra. You do, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> can you, you buy we churros the on the the tickets aren't enough.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. That's
2: what I want to you know. You can
1: buy churros on the What's app? the wait yeah.
2: time for the churro? Yeah,
1: It tells you. And the turkey Are leg. Well, yeah, wow. Of course it the does. The turkey leg, the Dole Whip, yeah.
3: Of course it does. <laughs> it's, the Disney app's pretty good. Not as good and, as the Masters app, but
1: pretty good. Anyway, all the new, the new rides I had never done before were all actually really fun. The new Star Wars ride. Yeah. There's a new Mickey and Minnie ride that's good. And, and I've never been to California Adventure. The Guardians of the Galaxy ride is... Fantastic. It's really, really fun. when yeah. Man, yeah. it's been a while since
2: I've been there because yeah, I have been on any of those rides. The Guardians yeah, of the either. Galaxy
3: ride is the old Tower of Terror.
1: Correct. And yeah. they've made it
3: even better. Yeah. I've done that one. Never
1: the Star Wars. If, you, if you've never been to Disney, they've re- really, really leaned into Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. The actual Disney cartoon stuff is way pushed aside the way it used to be yeah so Disney is a microcosm of the rest of Hollywood yes (laughs) right what does Splash Mountain become Jarrett it's open for another couple months before it becomes oh really yeah the princess and the frog thing but there it's the old version the old racist version is still available (laughs) apparently
0: (laughs) still available it it wasn't bad enough to (laughs) close yet
1: but (laughs) right, we got
3: stuff to do start the show Barrett (laughs) The Splash.
0: Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. About coming. About coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com.
2: And the NBA. We finally got some tip times and some scheduling for. Suns, Clippers, and the rest of the NBA playoffs. We knew Game 1 would be Sunday at 5 o'clock at Footprint Center. Now we know that Game 2... Tuesday, April 18th, a 7 o'clock tip here in Phoenix. The series will shift to Crypto.com Arena on Thursday. A week from today, Game 3 at 7.30. And then a pretty quick turnaround for Game 4, a Saturday afternoon tilt in L.A., a 12.30 tip. Uh, no tip times for the, quote-unquote, if necessary games, 5, ah, 6, and yeah, 7 right now. Right, exactly. Okay, so we've got a little more definition a little bit. And, uh, man, it just seems like we haven't seen the Suns play basketball in a year and a half. It's been like four days. <laughs> yeah, I don't. it
3: didn't feel that way to me. Really? But no, no. But but it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it might by Sunday.
2: Yes. Uh, last night in the NBA, both of the 10 seeds won on the road in play-in games. In the East, Zach Levine scored 39 points, leading the Chicago Bulls to a 109-105 win over the Toronto Raptors, who missed 18 of 36 free-throw attempts on the night. Raptors also led by as many as 19 points in the contest. You make your free throws, you win the game. They couldn't make them. And there's another story there, too, with DeMar DeRozan's daughter being the talk of the sports world this the morning. The of the sports world. Yeah, the that. shriek of the sports world. She's got some lungs and some pipes. Uh, in the Western Conference, the Oklahoma City Thunder scored a 123-118 win over the New Orleans Pelicans in that 9-10 playing game. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 32 points. Josh Giddy had a 31 and 10 assist. And Lou Dort. What a Dort. What he was a Dort. Quite a Dort last night. Season high 27 points for the Thunder. So now... We've got a night off tonight. Two more elimination games tomorrow night in the East. It'll be Miami hosting Chicago for the eighth spot and a date with the Bucks in the playoffs. And over in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves will take on the Thunder for the final playoff spot. And a best-of-seven series against the top-seeded Denver Nuggets. i got to tell you, I know some people don't like the play-ins. Mm-hmm. I've spent the last two nights watching a lot of NBA basketball because okay. because it, it leads to something. Um, so... You know, if this is a way to fill the interim between the end of the regular season and the playoffs, yeah, I'm kind of for it. I've
3: never really had any issues with it. I mean, it, it seems a little unfair when it comes down if you're one of those teams. If, it, if like, you fought all year and you would have been in eighth seed and now you're subjected to it. Uh, but, again, I I think from a drama standpoint, these winner-go-homes, regardless of what the sport is, it's it's hard not to like the drama
2: that comes yeah, with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they've, they've hit on something here. Another series win for the D-backs as they 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 took down the Milwaukee Brewers, 7-3 at Chase Field. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. broke the game open in the third inning with a three-run homer off of Jansen. Junk! That made it 5-0. What a junk. Corbin Carroll capped the uh, scoring with a two-run shot in the seventh, his third home run of the season. Dre Jamison made his first start of the year. Only went four innings, but they were scoreless. He allowed just three hits, struck out four. D-backs now 8-5. and five. They've won two series and split two uh, so far this year. And now they head out on the road for a three-game series against the Marlins in Miami. That begins tomorrow. Then after those three in South Florida, the D-backs will get their first look at the St. Louis Cardinals of yeah, this stadium.
3: I'm just happy Torrey Lavello took his foul mouth to first pitch last night. That's what I'm happy about. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> at least Torrey Lavello only split spelled out expletives on this show he did not be the same with the home plate umpire yesterday <laughs> that's outstanding oh, so the nice. Tampa Bay Rays won again they beat the Boston Red Sox 9-7 to move their record to 12-0 in the season, one short of tying the modern baseball mark for the best start to a season, held by the 82 Braves and the 87 Brewers. Randy Arrozarena homered for the Rays. They've got 30 home runs in their first 12 games. They're only the third team to have 30 or more home runs in the first 12 games of the season. And today they'll try to tie that record against the Sox in a game that gets underway at 10 Arizona time.
3: Yeah, organizationally, they... Uh... Uh, they've got a good thing going man I tell you it's
2: amazing it is amazing the way they're playing though with this with this bash bash style of, of hitting a ton of home runs they've remained competitive by kind of gaming the system. A lot of analytics-based baseball, mm-hmm. and now it's just, all right, step up there and hit yeah. the ball over the fence, yeah. and it's working for them. Coyotes wrap up their 2022-23 season tonight with a home game against the Vancouver Canucks at Mullet Arena. Clayton Keller still needs one point to tie Keith Kachuk's all-time Coyotes franchise record and two to break it, so that's something to watch for in the finale. Face-off tonight at 7. Pre-game coverage starts at uh, 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app in seven. This also marks the final day that Luke Lipinski will come to work all dressed up.
1: Oh, why that's you, right. Why get me excited with the first half of that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he'll find
0: an excuse to wear a suit again this summer.
2: He likes the attention. People yeah, say, why, are like, oh, why are
5: you
0: wearing a he suit? He
2: would have loved his shoes yesterday, too, Jared really? Shiny silver shoes. Uh, Anyway, uh, one other note. In basketball, we know the Sacramento Kings ended the longest playoff drought in sports of 16 years. Mm -hmm. They qualified this year. In hockey, it's the reverse. The Pittsburgh Penguins had the longest playoff streak intact 16 straight years by any North American pro sports team. But now that is over because the Islanders beat the Canadians last night. We're not even aware of that. That 16-year run included three Stanley Cup titles in 2009. 2016, and 2017. But it's wow. all, all over for Sid the Kid, who's not really a kid anymore, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. There you go. There's your splash for Thursday, April 13th. Coming up next, we're getting more and more intel, getting closer and closer to Suns and Clippers, and the Suns back at practice. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement
4: savings. I don't really care who the favorites are. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, that's for betting. <laughs> that's for people who are out on the outside. <laughs> we know when the game starts at 0, zero. So as long as, as long as we can... Um, do what we do. Um, we're confident if we play our game and we execute at a high level, uh, we can play with the best of them.
2: It's James Jones, president of Basketball Operations of the Suns, on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, not concerned about the odds. You hope that's the mentality of the team going in. Many different odds makers have installed the Suns as the favorites to come out of the West uh with a great deal of uncertainty in this postseason. And really this giant soup of eight teams, when it's when it's all set, whoever this eighth team is going to be, just eight teams that have all kind of had Trials and tribulations and roller coaster rides this year, and the Suns definitely among them.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think uh, the early winners, I think the Denver Nuggets are going to um, benefit from the 8th seed. I think if it would have been New Orleans with a healthy Zion Williamson, that might have been a handful for them. Uh, Oklahoma City might be a plucky young team. In fact, they might be the youngest
2: team ever to make a, make the playoffs in terms of age of roster. I think they're the second youngest team in the history of the league. Is that right? And only the second youngest team right now. The Rockets are younger, but I I, I don't want to disrespect Denver. They've had the best year in the West, Mm -hmm. but if it is Oklahoma City, that is a really difficult team to deal with. The Suns kind of got a taste of that at the end of the year. That's not a fun team to play. Yeah, I I agree with that. They they're hard beating them is
3: harder than it looks. They you, you watch them and whether it's Josh Giddy or and Shea Gilgis Alexander, like you said, he is his game is so different and so hard to deal with. He gets to he get he penetrates in in ways that just look different. And yeah. he's and he's relentless with it. And he gets to the line. And he gets to the line a ton and yeah. all that
2: stuff. Do they have but, anybody that can match up with but, Jokic? No.
3: No, no, but but again, so I I think that uh, yeah, even though they might be a, a clunky draw for whoever, I think I yeah. think still Denver is going to benefit I the agree. most. I think so. I think the Warriors and the Kings that is basically a toss up. So I don't think I think that's a that's a pretty difficult first round series. I think the Suns and the Clippers. I don't know. I mean, there, there are people who are. I know people who are more scared of the Clippers than I am. I think you are a little bit more yeah, than I am. I am. I, it's. I think this is a great matchup for the Suns. I, I. just do, and maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm not. I, I think the Suns are one of the teams with a, a real
4: manageable
2: first round opponent. And here's uh, James Jones' thoughts on how he thinks the Suns match up with the Clippers. I think
4: well. I think we do. I think um. You know, like both teams are really balanced. Uh, both teams have have players that have played in the playoffs and been extremely effective. Um, both teams have winners, guys that know what it takes. And so um, it's going to be a challenge for us. You know, they're a versatile team. Uh, they they play extremely well um, together. Um, you know, Ty is a, a great coach. Uh, but I think our guys are expecting uh, a great challenge and ready for that challenge.
2: Yeah, and it's weird, too, because we're talking about, hey, we don't know what to expect from the Suns. Th- these teams played each other four times this year, mm-hmm. spread out over the full season. You can really glean nothing from any of the four matchups. I mean, <laughs> it's ed, true. back in October they played. Uh, both teams made substantial changes at the trade deadline. So in October they played, the Suns won. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. In December, the Suns won again in, uh, in L.A. with uh, no Ayton and no George or Leonard for the Clippers. In February they played. Clippers won. Kevin Durant was on the shelf, and then the last game of the season was, you know, an exercise really in in, in bench play for the Suns. No Paul, no Booker, no Aiden, no Durant, and no Paul George for the Clippers. So you yeah, can so, really take yeah, nothing from any of the matches. No, you're right about that.
3: There, you really can't. Um, I I think though, I think what we're gonna what we're going to begin to see. Is, this is going to be interesting to me because, um, and pressure is a recurring theme because it really does apply to the NBA playoffs. And there's going to be a lot of teams that crack from. It. A lot of teams that you know you get exposed when when you get uh, smart opponents that start really hyper targeting your weaknesses, mm-hmm. and and you got to be able to deal with that and, and kind of change on the fly. It's a completely different animal, uh, as we all know. I, I think in the case of of the Suns, I think there's a couple things that are really really good when you look at the fact that the Suns not only have a guy with playoff experience, they've got a finals two times two times. Two-time Finals MVP. <laughs> I'll get it right on the fifth time. We <laughs> got a guy right who is a two-time Finals MVP. So that means getting it done at the highest level possible, and and I think. I think we're really underscoring what this is going to do for Devin Booker. I don't hear anybody, anybody talking about Devin Booker and how he needs to atone for what we saw last year. It's not even a story, and I don't think it's going to be one because Kevin Durant's taking all the
2: pressure off Devin Booker. That's true, too, but it, it is something you can think about. Last year's playoff exit was so painful and so stressful and really so embarrassing for the Suns had they made another run at it with that same group of players, we'd be talking about that element right now. No doubt about like, it. Like how much in their own heads are they after that exit last exactly. year? Exactly. And Burns and Gambo did ask James Jones about that. How have you completely flushed that experience of last season? I can't say that. You I mean,
4: if if you win last year, it's on your mind, you know, it's it's something that you consider but we don't continually go back to it because we're a different team you know that there are guys here that weren't here last year there are guys that have only been with us for a month and a half yeah and so that that experience they they can't connect to that so for us to continue to to harp on that and go back to that it just for us is not it's wasted energy and 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 wasted focus.
2: Now, you wonder how much is that a subconscious for the guys that went through that last yeah. year. But the the valid point that James Jones makes right there is that it is a completely different team. And every year yeah. in sports, it's very rare you see a team go at it with the same cast of characters two years in a row. It just doesn't happen in, in modern sports. But, but you're so
3: right. So if that trade had never gone down, these guys would already be bristling at questions about redemption and atonement and the pressure you feel to get it right. And what went wrong? What really? Did Ha- all that stuff would have uh, they would be bristling at that yeah. already that topic that's just another thing that Kevin Durant's presence exactly. mitigates for the Suns it, uh, completely completely so this is uh, this is this is really really wild. I mean, there are, the stakes are so high for so many people, and it's not just in Phoenix. Um, there's such a confluence of great players with different reputations and different albatrosses and different things to prove, and and this is going to be fun, man. This is really I I, I can't recall a, a conference really being this randomly wide
2: open. No, it's it's. It's strange, but it, it's fun. And,
3: and you wonder about this. Is, so if the Suns actually pull this off, they'll be the first team with less than 50 wins since the Rockets. Is that right? Is that the stat? Ninety four, ninety five 94-95 Rockets. Hmm. I think the last NBA champion to win fewer than 50 games. They had 40, not 60. F- they had
2: 45.
3: Not 50. <laughs> they had 40. So the Suns are in the mid-40s. And so that's going to look different, but maybe not. This is weird because if we if we're really getting to a point now where these regular season records don't matter at all with champions, how are we going to contextualize eras and 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 series of seasons together? You know what I mean?
1: Or even how are you going to yeah. talk about
2: all time great that's teams? What be, and,
3: and maybe it's a maybe it's a, a fool's errand to begin with.
2: And maybe this is an anomaly of a year, which I, th- I think it will be. But we've conditioned ourselves in other sports, like when the New York Giants won a Super Bowl as a nine-win team, nobody said, oh, they didn't deserve it. (laughs) <laughs> no, you gotta right. go through the same no, right. regardless yeah, of how right. many wins you had in the regular right. season. I, I know I won't be complaining. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, they so, finally won a championship. Yeah. You know, I mean, they only won forty four games. Right, right. Uh the Suns are back on the playoffs, and we are giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word ticket to six twenty, six twenty. That'll get you registered, and then you need to listen. All this week in the 7 o'clock hour, the noon hour, and the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers once again. That's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, another series win for the Diamondbacks as they dispose of the Brewers that chase field and remain in first place in the NL West. We've got D-Backs Daily next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-Backs Daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of health services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call texter chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. A
2: little afternoon action in the rubber game. D-backs and Brewers at Chase Field yesterday and it was the D-backs who drew first blood. Christian Walker, an RBI ground out, scored Josh Rojas, one nothing at that point. Score would remain the same until the bottom of the third inning when things got broken open by Lourdes Gurriel Jr.
4: Here's the first one to Lourdes Gurriel Ellen a drive to left back of the warning track at the wall you can touch them all. Lourdes Curiel Jr. his first of the year. The Diamondbacks shoot on top three nothing.
2: Yeah, three run uh, shot there. Greg Schulte on the call made it uh, four nothing. Good Lourdes. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't. Uh, he got a lot of he got a lot of hair time yesterday. The hair is it's fantastic. It's something else, it's fantastic. It would be really great if the D backs were wearing their throwback purple uniforms. Oh yeah, man, would he? <laughs> yeah. The uh, D-backs attack on another
4: run in the fourth, courtesy of Josh Rojas. And a shot to left center. That's it well. Back of the warning track. Back of the wall. Up off the wall. Extra bases. Ross goes into second. It's an RBI double as Perdomo comes in to score to make it 5 nothing D-backs.
2: Yeah, 5-0 at that point. Brewers would get one, uh, actually three in the seventh on a Brasso uh, RBI single, and Christian Yelich knocked in two. So 5-3. The bottom of the uh, seventh, however, Corbin Carroll answered. Carroll is sky,
4: to left, center. Hit it pretty well. Back of the warning track at the wall. Touch them off. Corbin Carroll. An opposite field shot. Third of the season, a two-run blast. And the Diamondbacks get two of those three runs back. And they now lead it 7-3. And that
2: would be the uh, final 7-3. D-backs take 2 of 3 from the Brewers. They move their record to 8-5 and five on the year they remain on top of the National League West in a, a good series win against a good baseball team. And we talked to uh, Tori Lovello yesterday, and a lot of that conversation centered around the style of play. Diamondbacks playing small ball, a little mm-hmm. bit of old school stuff, stealing a lot of bases. They won this series against the Brewers, Bick, without stealing a base, which yeah. to me is a good sign because it proves there's more than, I know this is your favorite phrase, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. So they And once it, again, who <laughs> wants to skin a cat? No. Oh. Doctor, terrible! Oh, Mister Bigglesworth. That's a lot of its skin, just not its fur. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is. A, I don't. I don't want to go into the etymology on that. No, either do I. Uh, but, right. but but they prove they can win in yeah. different ways yes. in, in this series. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Carroll had a great game. Dre Jameson made a, his first start four mm-hmm. scoreless innings. Um you now things are things are going well, well right the now. The start of the
3: game team. yesterday was Andrew Chaffin coming into that situation yep. and, and pulling off what he did—a double play on a great stretch and catch at first base. Then he followed it up by snagging a line drive right back up the middle and walking off the field like a boss. <laughs> Seriously, I, it was, a, a, and that inning, it was. You were the one that brought that up yesterday. That do you ever think that guy and that mentality could actually be the closer on this baseball team? Because let's be honest here, folks. If this baseball team, for all the stuff that Tori Lovello said about liking having different options, being able to mix and match. If this team really is in contention in the middle of the summer, you can't be messing around with bullpens by committee. You're going to have to have somebody. Now, maybe they go out and get that piece, or maybe they have that piece internally. Uh, but, but I think it's interesting to me that I had never before thought of Andrew Chafin in that role until yesterday yeah. when you talked about it. And when you talked about it, I thought, I don't. Is his stuff good enough? I I know he's effective in in what he does, and then yesterday he came in
2: with a with a fire hose. Yeah, I mean if you look at the numbers when when Andrew Chafin was traded away from the Diamondbacks in 2020, and he had been here for a long time, so we all kind of had an idea of what Andrew Chafin was, and he was a good pitcher. He was a good relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. Since he left, he developed into one of the more reliable left handed relievers in baseball. Now, can that can that turn into? A closer role, interesting, in a very high-leverage situation, Torrey Lavello went to Chafin in the seventh inning, and as you said, he worked his way out of that and and really minimized the damage
3: there. That's where the the game had to be saved. Even though he didn't get a save out of it,
2: that's where the game had to be saved, and
3: And it it was. And
2: that set the table for Castro and McGuff in Mm -hmm. the eighth and ninth. Torrey Lavello uh, didn't stick around for the whole game. He got ejected
5: yesterday. You know, I never want to get thrown out of a baseball game. It's never my, my, um, my first thought, second thought, or tenth thought. Um, Gabe is a good man. Gabe is a good umpire. Um, but I felt like I, I you know, had enough of, of certain calls that were made, and I knew once I left the dugout that I was going to be ejected. And it was a conscious decision I made. um decision I made, I don't know. Um, I just felt like I needed to make a statement to tell him um, tell how I felt.
2: Uh, and he told him how he felt, definitely, because the uh, the hot mics picked up how Dory Lovello felt. Uh, here's more on the ejection. I
5: mean, I'm arguing balls and strikes. That's um, an that's a, that's a immediate ejection. Um, and he gave me a little bit of wiggle room. You know, I was able to track the pitches um, through, through different media outlets that are perfectly legal inside of the dugout. Um, and I just felt like it was a lot unfair. fair. Some of the pitches that I felt like they were making versus what we were making. It wasn't adding up to neutral, so um, it happened for a couple times in the first inning. And I know you guys saw me put my fingers up. It had nothing to do with the time clock. I just felt like there were a number of pitches that he missed, and I was I was out telling him that's, that's the reason why my hands went up.
2: Yeah, I was pretty level headed. Hey, I know I'm getting ejected, and then he climbed under the railing and went out there. And yeah. he, he gave his two cents. He got his message across, but well, he's he, protecting his young pitcher. Yes, and yeah. And if, and if you go and you and you check those numbers or check the, the Plots that Tori Lavella mentioned there—they were getting squeezed. Yeah, There's no and, doubt about and it. And so what Tori is is inferring is
3: that this umpire is not giving the kid respect because he's a kid,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? And it's and it's the old sports sports cliche that what what athletes want is to know within the first you know two three minutes of a sporting g- contest what the refs or the officials vibe happens to be, and we'll make the adjustments, but you be consistent. And and that's that's when you see blow ups it's always because of that. It's because umps or refs are here, then they're there. Then they're here, then they're there. That will that will make a coach oh, yeah. Without more a doubt. angry than anything is the
2: inconsistency. Yeah.
3: So this is uh yeah, so Sartori was a little salty yesterday. <laughs> 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 ah. Yeah, no. Listen, man i I think i I think this is really, really. This is exactly the start this team needed. Uh, they've been sturdy. They've won when they haven't been good. They've won when they've been good. Um, uh, this Madison Bumgarner thing, they've got to iron this out, and he's going to get a big start Friday in Miami. And I, you know, <laughs> that, that's that going to be- hit. That can be his alter ego, Salty Salvatore. Yeah, Salty Salvatore. Yeah,
1: that's the, right. The Mad Bump thing might hit the fan when Davies comes back. If J- Dre Jamison
2: is still in the rotation, doing well. Mm-hmm. Here's my prediction: Dre Jamison's not going anywhere. He's really good. He is. He's got
3: all. He's got a live arm. I, I agree. I I think that this is going to be. Yeah, you've got to. They're going to have to shed um, some of the stuff like. You, you can't have. Is there anything you want to spell? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Go
3: ahead. M E A T B U M. Meat <laughs> Slow bum. down. Wait
5: a minute.
1: Meat no, no. bum. Put your finger on the dump button. What do you think Jared? of meat bums, Jared? <sighs> not going <gonna>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to. Not sure how to answer that Can one. I bring up a point on
2: the Brewers since we just watched the Brewers here in Tampa yeah. for, for mm-hmm. three games. Christian Yelich. What has happened to Christian Yelich? He had, an RB, he had a couple RBIs yesterday. I looked up his numbers. In 2018, when he won the he won the MVP, 2019, he finished second in the MVP voting. He had 44 home runs in 130 games that year. Mm-hmm. Since then, in 341 games, he's only got 36 home runs. Huh. Those wow. are the types of statistical peaks and valleys that, that, make, that you, make you go Brady
1: Anderson? That make you go... Ryan Braun. Yeah, I was just gonna say and that same team. Yeah, same
3: team. Yeah, no, that's you're right. That's uh, how do you not? I mean,
2: he was for, for a two year stretch the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. Far from it in the last four. No, so. I
3: I don't. I thought I thought, but you know what? The same thing has happened on 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 in some. On some levels to Bellinger, Cody
2: Bellinger. It, it's yeah, There were a time true. when both those guys looked like they were just going to be superstars. Uh, here, here's something interesting I thought about, too, on Christian Yelich. Remember the day we did the show and Baker Mayfield, Christian Yelich, and Mark Andrews showed up? And yes. everybody that day was making a big deal out of Baker Mayfield. And then, uh-huh. and then it was like, oh, wow, Christian Yelich is here, too. Uh-huh. Who's, who's that other guy? <laughs> the best of the three right uh, now by far guy? is Mark who's Andrews. the other
3: guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, good uh, series win for the D-backs there on to Miami and then St. Louis. That is uh, D-backs daily. Coming up next, well, Zion has has a lot more time to start feeling like Zion, as it turns out. Oh we'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports The local
0: sports leader Bitly and Murata mornings Suns run to the playoffs coverage Brought to you by Canvas Annuity Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings 104-103 104-103 Pelicans. Gilchrist-Alexander on the left wing, guarded by Murphy. Top to Giddy. Giddy to Jalen Williams. Left wide open for three! Jalen Williams gets nothing but net! The big fella hits his first
2: three-pointer
0: of the game, has seven points, and gives OKC the two-point lead.
2: And OKC would go on to win it 123 to 118 in the 9:10 Western Conference playing that audio from uh, ESPN radio uh, they got they don't have one Jalen Williams they got two both making big plays that was a huge shot yeah. in that game last night uh, entertaining game mm-hmm. in New Orleans because you had Brandon Ingram going in the second half for the Pelicans and then you had you know Lou Dort. What a dork! Here it is in the first half, and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy were out- outstanding. So the Pelicans go home, and that kind of closes the book on a story that could have loomed over the beginning of the NBA playoffs, and mm-hmm. it's a story we talked about yesterday, the Zion Williamson story, where he comes out to reporters and he says, yeah, I'm fine physically, but I have to get back to feeling like Zion. And... Now we went through some of the tentacles of that story yesterday. Is he talking about not being in the right mental space or is he just being kind of a coddled athlete speaking in the third person there?
3: Or does he have bad people in his camp who are who are, you know, creating issues for the Pelicans as as was put forth by Skip Bayless yesterday? Put the blame firmly on his father. Stepfather. Yeah. Father. Stepfather. Or people around him give it just bad bad, bad advice in general. Right. Um, I I think it's very difficult because if you were a Pelicans fan, you'd have to juxtapose the joy in drafting him to this utter dissatisfaction in terms of his inability to play prolonged periods of basketball. When he went down in early January, they first said it was a three week injury. It's a three month injury now.
1: It's ridiculous it's It's also must be very weird because what athlete ever has a bigger collection of highlights from practice while he's apparently too injured to play in games? oh <laughs> well, yeah, I remember we, we went like, through that we, like, that's enti- right, we went through that every period. season all you see is. Is clips on social media of him doing 360 dunks in practice and well, then he doesn't play for two long. The Sons months.
2: remember he did
3: one at the end of a oh, game that kind yeah. of uh, tweets some oh, tweets people. Uh, boy, did not that seem like three seasons ago? Was it's that done. this year? <laughs> that was this that year. That was this year? <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, so it, this is this is fascinating where it's going because if you're the Pelicans, you what do you do? What do you do with a guy like this? I do you know how much money they've invested in him already? And and the fact that he just can't Can't bring himself to play basketball? The fact that that they still weigh him
2: monthly? Well, I mean, there's a couple of young stars in the game right now. Zion's one of them. And I think Zion's got other issues as well. And maybe bad advice is one of them. But Luka Doncic. These are two guys that have not committed... To being in peak physical condition to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And now it's starting, especially on the Zion front, it's, starting, it's crossed over into its old territory you now.
1: think they would have learned from Jokic. How he transformed his body became a two time MVP and now plays on the best team in the West. You would think, yeah, but and I, and I throw
3: Laurie Markkinen out there as well. Not that Laurie was ever out of shape, but Laurie was he, he was a string
2: bean for a and while. Now and he's look jacked. at him now; he's a monster. Yeah. Um, well, he's got to he's, he's got to get ready for his his Finnish military commitment. <laughs>
3: <this summer. laughs> That's right. That is <laughs> unbelievable. I cannot believe he's actually going to do. It. Well, it's not like Finland fights any wars, right? So it's not like he's going to be on a front line somewhere.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he does have a good. Catchphrase though, if he's standing over his opponent, takes off his sunglasses. You're finished.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why would he do it in a Schwarzenegger? And why would you be wearing sunglasses (laughs) on a basketball court?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. This is in this is in the army. This is in the army. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay.
3: (laughs) And and, you know, and listen. So the Pelicans were really good last year without Zion. uh, At least in that series against the Suns, they looked very, very promising, and, and they were full of talk and hiss and vinegar and then to see them lose last night and the night when cj
2: mccullum was just awful which is surprising to see yeah he yeah. was he was really yeah. good in that sun series last year brandon ingram i know we talked about it last year in the playoffs mm-hmm. when he was going against the suns mm-hmm. i still think he remains the closest thing the league has to kevin durant
3: hey i right so i so i would that's that's an interesting point it's a very interesting point. I'd like to return to that at some point. Uh, so um, what's interesting to me is from a Suns fans perspective, we're not even we haven't even played a playoff game yet. And there's also there have already been a couple of ancillary things that make it feel like atonement. Number one, Luca missing the playoffs entirely now being compared to Carmelo Anthony by Colin Coward, which is a little over the top, but but that's got to sting him to hear that. Right? Yeah. Okay? And then the Pelicans. And and not that the Pelicans really are a rival of the Suns, but they did a lot of yapping. They did a lot of talking. Jose Avocado, he did a lot of yapping. Jose Avocado. (laughs) And Rudy
2: Hachimama. (laughs) Harry Carey would have been a great NBA broad Oh, group. He would have been the greatest.
3: <laughs> Jonas Valenchalania Valenzuela- <laughs> 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 Yeah. So it's spelled backwards. Right. So it, and again, it, to hyper f- fixate on this Luca thing, whether whether you like it or not, the Luca DA thing, it's been a thing off off and on for four years, right? And it's really comes down to who's gonna get the championship first. To me, and and so it's uh, this is, I don't know. It just it just seems to me like things are lining up nicely for the Suns. I, I think
2: so too, but the, I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm down with the the uh, at this point the Luca Aiton thing. I know it was a choice. The Suns made their choice. Mm-hmm. Aiton has definitely had the more team success, even though the Mavericks got the better of the Suns last year. Yeah. But they're on two different paths oh, right now. There's,
3: and I'm not even comparing the players. I'm just comparing yeah. if if Phoenix gets a championship before Luka, that that I think puts all of it to bed.
2: Oh, I, I totally agree. That's all, That's totally all I'm agree. saying. It, it's no, really
3: just that. Is, going it, back
2: to the Zion thing, though, yeah. uh, at this point, and you know it's got to be bubbling up in the in the front office uh, in New Orleans the, the frustration with Zion how i mean and they have already committed to him financially there's that do you think there's a possibility he gets moved this off season i, I had a uh, i had a buddy text me who was actually working the game in New Orleans last night he <laughs> says who says no this off season zion to minnesota for carl anthony Townsend. ooh two guys that have already achieved their max contracts Two guys that might need change of scenery. Uh, as a player, I like Zion way more, but the availability is just... Uh, and we're talking about a guy who just missed 51 games for a calf strain, but he's definitely more available <laughs> than Zion <laughs> Williamson is. There's no doubt about that. Wow. I don't know. I just you know think only three
3: players in the NBA started every game for their team? Mikael Bridges is one of them, and that's for two different teams, but there's three guys total. I saw it earlier. I'll find the other two. I, I thought you would know this off the top of your head, but it's just I'm to illustrate a i No, no, don't be. Don't be. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, buddy. Really. And here we go. More highlight reel stuff from Zion Williamson. That's an interesting trade because you'd be given the upside and the potential of Zion for something that is generally more reliable.
2: Yeah. And I the, don't know. I mean, the Pelicans are a team that might might change the, the deck of cards a little bit this offseason. No. I think it's interesting. We're not going to touch a lot on the Eastern game, but remember at the trade deadline, we thought Chicago and Toronto would be the two teams that really spurred the trade market, and neither one of them did? Yeah. Toronto needs to blow that whole thing up. You know what's funny about Mikel Bridges?
1: He actually started 83 games this year. He yeah? did. Yeah. And one of them was,
2: you know, he started... And, played four and seconds. committed a foul and, <laughs> and checked out. It was a very, yeah, but still, he, he's earned that. Yeah, I, I think so. You could text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Also, want to remind you that with the Suns back in the playoffs, we're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets, just text TICKET to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today. we got a name coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, the noon hour, and the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. Once again, that's ticket to 620, 620. Coming up next, KD, Kevin Durant spoke ahead of the beginning of the playoffs. We'll tell you what the veteran Sun star had to say next. It's Bickley and Maratta mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.